And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Dr. TJ, and with me, as always, is Aaron. Silence. Silence every time. <laughs> every time I'm hopeful that she's going to nope. comment. Nope, nothing. <laughs> Um, so we're back again, uh, show five, episode five of fertility and infertility, and we are determined to get through the rest of this yes. information today. Yes, definitely. Um, Before we get started, though, I do want to say, because I've been mean to say this, you know, I've had what, this is the fifth part that I've been able to say this, yes, but um, I keep forgetting. Um, I want to thank everyone who has sent us uh, messages and congratulations um, for the fact that we're expecting a baby. We're really excited and it really is humbling that so many of you have taken the time out to email us and, um, you know, message us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's surprising to how many people I think, you know, we knew that there were, you know, that fertility or the infertility problems were increasing, but the amount of people that have written to us and shared their own stories has really just been amazing. And yeah, so, it's, it's pretty impressive, actually. I I didn't realize, I guess when I when we started this, that there was going to be quite the response, quite the number of questions. Right. Um, you know, we get we get lots of emails, lots of you know private Facebook messages and things like that. So, right, it's and been, I, it's been pretty. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and we apologize to those of you out there. It took us a little while to respond. Right. We're getting uh, we're getting back to everybody. We're, but it we're trying. I just think you know it it apparently really hit home with a lot of you that we've gone through the same thing because right. I think that that makes a big difference. There are a lot of doctors, or a lot of great you know practitioners out there who are dealing with the issues of infertility. But like so many of you said, you know they haven't actually been through it, and so I think that that makes a difference. Um, and you can tell that that's where we're coming from. We've actually experienced this ourselves, and that's why it's been. I mean, that's why we have a five-part show. There's yeah. just so much five, to talk five about. Five parts, ladies and gentlemen. Five <laughs> parts. If you've missed any of the previous four, go back and check those out on the uh, on our website or on on iTunes. Um, so we're not we're not going to spend time like in the previous. We're not going to spend time going back talking about the stuff that we talked about in parts one through four. Um, we're just going to jump right in kind of where we left off and we left off last time. Basically, we're going to, we're going to talk about the, something that's extremely important, uh, is, is making sure that mama is as healthy as she possibly can be. And the, the biggest, most critical step in this piece of the puzzle is just flat out testing, figuring out what's going on. Why is mama having trouble getting pregnant? To begin with. And I think what is shocking to so many people when we, you know, that have come into the clinic um, for, you know, infertility struggles has been that they thought, okay, well, I've been tested for everything and no, they can't find, you know, there's no reason for it. It's unexplained infertility. And then they see the tests we run. Right. And then when we start asking, you know, when they're asked like, okay, has this been looked at? Has this been looked at? No. Or, you know, or they're like, I don't know. I just right. have been told that they looked at everything and there's no way, you know, there's nothing to explain it. I mean, it's amazing how many of these things that we know are tied to infertility are never looked at. Right. And people are sent then straight into, you know, IVF or IUI, you know, and like we've said before, that may be necessary, but to not even do the tests to determine if you need that or not seems really, you know, kind of reckless. Because if you can avoid the assisted fertility, right. then 
there by all means. I mean, that's you know, I mean, getting pregnant naturally is of course no, going no, to be the preference. Nobody wants to have to go through all the shots, right? No, exactly. Let's be honest. Um, so there, there are a lot of things that need to be tested and ruled out. Things like autoimmune conditions. Uh, a lot of the stuff we've talked about on this show before. Autoimmune conditions is a huge piece of the puzzle. The, figuring out, you know, do you have something going on? Is your immune system working against you? That's a critical, critical piece of the puzzle. And it's something we've. I know we've stressed on here before, but most medical doctors, admittedly, don't understand. Right. And feel ill-equipped. We we talked about it on another show. They in a in a survey from either Mayo was it Mayo Clinic or Cleveland Clinic. Some one of the big clinics, Mayo Clinic or Cleveland Clinic, did a survey, and they actually found the responses to the surveys that that over half of the of medical doctors feel ill-equipped to handle autoimmune conditions, right? To diagnose or to treat, and I think that what is you know crazy about that we've talked so many times on here that there are all of these conditions that they feel very well equipped to handle and they're handling really poorly. Right. <laughs> so the fact <laughs> right. that they admittedly don't know what they're doing with autoimmune is definitely a cause for concern. And I know even in my situation, and I mean, absolutely loved our fertility doctor, but she you know told us when. Because we went in knowing that I have three autoimmune conditions. And she was like, you know, either, you know, we were fine with, you know, TJ dealing with it and him treating me. But she's like, if, you know, if you're not going to do it, then I'm sending her to an endocrinologist. I mean, that was it. Like, you know, I mean, she's like, that's, you know, that's the threshold. If there's autoimmune, you send on to an endocrinologist. Right. So, you know, but. That needs to be looked at. And if I hadn't already known that I had the issues going in, no one would have tested. It would have gone right. straight into IVF. Right. And and yeah, and no one no one would have ever known and everyone would everybody would have, you know, just been like, Well, I don't know. Right. I don't and know. like, you know, like obviously in my situation, um, simply knowing that you have an autoimmune condition doesn't mean that you're gonna be able to avoid having to go through IVF, but it has to be under control for IVF to even work because if it's, you know, I mean, if you've got an uncontrolled autoimmune condition, if it's all over the place, you know, we've got to calm that down for you to have any chance of getting pregnant with IVF or naturally. Right. Exactly. Other things that have to be looked at, cardiovascular health, we got to figure out what's going on there. Um, inflammation. Uh, thyroid dysfunction. Thyroid function is a huge, huge piece of this puzzle. And it and probably has not been checked properly. Yes, yeah, not been checked thoroughly Because enough. most of the people that come in will say, well, thyroid I know has been checked and it has not. Yeah. We talked about that a million times. Like right. <laughs> they will check your TSH and if that's okay, then they're, you know, they might check one or two other things and that's it. And so so many times people think, oh, my thyroid is checked and it's fine. And we then find that they have autoimmune thyroid. Right. Exactly. Um, we got to check for uh, gut health, see what's going on there. We got to rule out things with, with, the, with gut function. Right. And celiac disease is one that um, doctors have gotten better at checking, but that's not the only thing going on. You know, it's not the only gut problem that you can have going on. Plus the you know, the tests that are run are not necessarily going to pick everything up. Sometimes people are told that they don't have celiac, 
but they could still have major problems with gluten. Right. And it depends on the testing that's ran. You know, a lot of testing is not as sensitive. Some of the specialty labs that are out there that exist are much better at, at being more sensitive and can can catch things far, far sooner than otherwise would be detected. Um we talked about gut health, uh, immune dysfunction, hidden infections. This is what I mean by this portion of immune. So not only do we have autoimmune things, but we have things like hidden infections, hidden viral infections, um, stuff that just can play havoc on the system, um, forcing the system to work harder than it has to. Um, toxic metal um, levels in the body. You'd be amazed at the number of people that have toxic levels of lead or mercury. Um, we get referrals from quite a few docs that send people to us specifically for toxic metal um, levels. And Well, and, and heavy metals, I mean, you know, toxic metals is one that won't necessarily can prevent you from getting pregnant. It's kind of like the immune dysfunction, you know, the hidden viruses. It's your body's working so much harder than it should have to. And since, you know, Getting pregnant is going to, you know, tax your body. That's just one more thing that, you know, your body's going to have to deal with. But heavy metals is also one that can cause problems with the child. Right. So even if you are able to get pregnant, if you don't know that you have these toxic metals in your body, they could cause certain birth defects and problems with the child. Right. They they can cross. Some of them can cross the the placenta. And so, I mean, these some of these things have been found in cord blood. So right. if you're finding it there, it's, it's in the it's in the little one. Um Hormone levels, hormone metabolism. What's going on with with different hormone levels? How are the ratios? What's you know what's happening there? Uh, it's important to know what's what's going on in that for, with that respect. Uh, PCOS, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. That's a uh, that's a hormone thing as well. Um, yeah. I know a lot of women deal with PCOS. So uh, PCOS many symptoms. It's, that's been increasing like crazy. Also, um, so much so, and we've gotten so many. Um, questions about it that actually we're going to do an entire show on PCOS because it's so important and because... Let's face it, it'll be two or three shows. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing us. (laughs) But I mean, we are going to address it separately because it has become such a huge issue and it is definitely tied to infertility. Right. Um, Simple things like vitamin D levels. Right. So many people are deficient in vitamin D and other things too, like iron. I mean, we just—I just had a, a patient the other day had an iron level in the single digits and a storage form of iron in the single digits as well. Well, and I think I mean, the issue—that's extremely low for those of you out there who don't right. know what iron levels <laughs> mean. That's if if both of those are in the single digits, it's excruciatingly low. I think you know things like vitamin D and iron. We've talked in here before about you know medical doctors are getting better at testing for these things, but what they're supplementing the patients with are not the best forms are not going to help improve it as much as what, you know, we would give in our office. And so right. that makes a big difference too. It I know we've talked about this before in other contexts, but testing alone is not, you know, the only factor here. The doctor has to know what to do with it. And, and so and, and not just what to do with it, but how to interpret all the stuff that's going on and be able to look at the information that's presented to them. Look at that and correlate that with the person in front of them and say, okay, this is what your test results say. This is what your symptoms say. This is how we actually can go about fixing this because, you know, different people present with the same things completely, the same problem completely differently. Right. No, exactly. And And I think, you know, there's, that's really where, you know, we've talked about this a lot where 
with TJ, I mean, with all of the reading that he does and looking at all of this and, you know, all the patients that he's seen, it is really, I mean, impressive that he's able to put all of this together. But that's the piece that is missing with so many doctors and especially medical doctors because they are generally specialized and only looking at one thing. Right. And it's it's stuff like because I hang uh, make phone calls to uh, pharmacists and ask questions like I've spent some time right. <laughs> this afternoon uh, on the phone with a with a pharmacist out of California talking to him specifically about you know some some nutrients that if they're compounded together how it reacts what happens and what we can expect and if we can stabilize this stuff I mean there's it's it's just a whole different level of people that you know I get in touch with and and contact with regard to making sure what we're doing can reach the effect that we're after because every single person is different all right, we've got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue on um, talking about you know things that we need to do to make mama as healthy as possible. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back. Um, if you missed the first portion of the show or you're just tuning in, we're on part five of fertility. We chuckle a little bit that this is, uh, that this is part five, but it is. Um, we were talking about things that we can do to make mama healthy. Um, biggest, the first thing that needs to be done is, is testing. And we were talking about all the different things that can, that can be tested. And the last thing, oh, things like autoimmune function, gut health, inflammation, et cetera. The last thing that I want to mention with that regarding testing is dental health. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty big piece of the puzzle too, making sure that we don't have hidden infections going on, um, anything like that. There's there's just a lot of stuff that can be hiding in the mouth. Um, so just making sure that that's, that that's up to date. Um, right. Know. And that's something that, you know, we don't do in our clinic. We send people off to a biological dentist yep. to have those things looked at when we think that that could possibly be a problem. So um you know, that's not something that we even address, but nope. something we wanted to at least bring up because yep. it can play such a big part in infertility. Yeah. And so like Aaron was saying before the break, you know, knowing what to do with the information and knowing, you know, what type of supplements or things may be necessary to to help restore someone's level of health is important because if we're talking about dietary supplements, not all supplements are created equal. Um, and there are a lot of different things that a lot of different women should be taking um, because basically as humans, we don't, we just don't get enough of the food that we are enough of the nutrients that we need from food anymore. I mean, there, there are arguments. I don't know what's right or wrong. There are arguments on both sides of the fence that, you know, the, the toxicity, the stress, the, that sort of stuff that we're under, you know, we use more nutrients than, than we normally, or than we have in the past. And then there's other sides of the fence that say, well, the food itself doesn't have the nutrients in it that it used to. I don't know what's right or wrong. I just know that we see people severely depleted in our office. Right. And my guess is that it's a little bit of both. I think we're dealing with both of those issues and that's what's causing people to need so many more supplements than what they did before. But where we get frustrated is where there are so many people and especially doctors that are out there saying, you know, well, if you eat healthy, you don't need supplements. And that's just simply not true. We see people who eat very good, clean diets and they're still extremely deficient in certain nutrients. And if you don't test, you don't know. Right. Right. And I mean, I was I was watching TV. I watch a I watch quite a bit of different things on on TV. Um, I try to keep 
myself abreast of like what's going on in like popular culture. What are what are these people doing? What are those people doing? Well, there was a commercial that popped on. It was for a for a vitamin actually, um, and they had a little statistic on the on the screen at the bottom of the page, and it said something like eighty percent of Americans do not get their recommended dosage of most all vitamins on a daily basis. I wrote it down. That's what it says. Eighty percent of Americans do not get their recommended dosage of most all vitamins on a daily basis. And we've talked about this on on this show before that the recommended daily amounts of vitamins is the amount necessary for a human to consume every single day of their life to avoid getting the the disease associated with a deficiency in that vitamin. It has nothing to do with optimal health. It has nothing to do with optimal wellness. 90 milligrams or 100 milligrams, whatever it is, of vitamin C every single day is merely enough vitamin C to not have scurvy. And you get that amount of vitamin C from an orange. Think about that out there, ladies and gentlemen. How many of you have eaten an orange every day of your life for the last however many years you've been alive? And if you haven't, you're deficient, period. Right. I mean, that's just, uh, this, this is just a way to look at it that most people are like, oh, wait, wow. I didn't understand. And that's not even to mention the fact that, you know, there are people out there who can't eat oranges. That, yeah. You know, I mean, so we're not even pushing oranges because that's another thing that's frustrating. Is we have got, I, I can't have oranges. We have so many people that come in and they're sensitive to citrus fruits in general, especially. But I mean, you know, and they, or they'll have problems with oranges. And so that's not the best way to get it either. But I cannot get over the fact that you actually wrote this down and it said the recommended dosage of most all vitamins. Yeah, I mean, most like, all. Most all, really? I yep. mean, like, do we not probably have, like, millions of dollars going into this marketing and somebody couldn't have fixed the fact that, I mean, like, yeah. most all vitamins. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, they probably didn't most have Most vitamins a, or all vitamins? They, they didn't <laughs> want to spend, you know, the, the 85 extra seconds on the commercial listing all of the vitamins that they're but referring most to. most all. Like, if it's either most vitamins or it's all vitamins. Like, most... I don't know. That's just a grammatical thing that would drive me nuts. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Counselor Aaron. (laughs) So that's what I picked up. That's what I was thinking when you were going on. If I had a gavel, I would smack it on the table here. (laughs) It's frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, what what thing, this is is just an overfed, undernourished thing to me. I've talked about that on this show before. I mean, it's just pitiful in a country like ours, like the United States, that we can go to the convenience store and buy a gallon-sized soda for a dollar, but we can't get enough vitamins and minerals in our diet every single day? I, it's just baffling to me that this is, this is the state that we're in. It's just – it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I, I just – the whole RDA thing, I don't, don't even get me started. Um, I, 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 just, I do want to put this into perspective. So because of this whole RDA thing th- – do you want to say do we do we talk about RDA? Yeah, recommended daily allowance. I did. I oh, said okay. that that's what it takes to. Oh, avoid. I was on my grammatical mistake. Yeah, yeah. She was over <laughs> there. Was she was fuming about this grammatical thing. <laughs> I told didn't even you. hear what I was saying. <laughs> no, that's just how it is. She just completely blocks me out. I'm. It's. I'm used to it. So there are every single second in the body. There are thirty-seven times ten to the twenty-four. First reactions in the body. That's 37,000 billion billion reactions going on every single second in the human body. 
That's how many, I mean, this is just a, it's an unfathomable number of reactions taking place in the body. And you really think 100 milligrams of vitamin C is all you need to, to satisfy that many reactions? It's just ridiculous. I mean, in perspective, so we'll use time and time, seconds ago. Um, a million seconds ago was 12 days ago. A billion seconds ago was 31 years ago. One trillion seconds was 31,700 years ago. Now, we're talking about 37,000 billion billion seconds. This, I mean, if we were going in time, every single second we have more reactions than we have been around on as Earth as we know it. I mean, this is just baffling that 100 milligrams of vitamin C is going to be enough to take care of the your needs for the day. Just silly. Anyway, um, all right. So I digress. Do you have anything to add, Aaron? She's like, no, I'm still fuming about the uh, <laughs> grammatical error. I can see her over there. She's like, I'm, I'm over I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm pinning a letter. I'm, uh, I'm going to write someone. So something that we, as far as nutrition goes, something that we hear a lot about for pregnancy is the importance of folate. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know where or why folic acid came into the mix as something that is good for humans. But folate really needs to come in the forms. If you're taking folate as a supplement, it needs to come in the forms of five MTHF or five methyl tetrahydrofolate or folinic acid. Human body really can't do much with folic acid. Um, it's not good for the human body. It can it can build up and create problems. It, you need to get it in more active forms, things like the 5-MTHF or folinic acid, which brings me right into prenatal vitamins. So this is another thing that is just backwards to me in the whole fertility and vitamins for kids. If you're waiting until you're already pregnant to take prenatal vitamins, you're too late. You're absolutely 100% too late. Most women don't know that they're pregnant for at least a month, right? And the neural tube itself develops in the first five weeks. There's no possible way, if you're deficient, that you're going to catch up in a week. But you'd be if you're taking the prenatal vitamins, most of them are going to have the wrong form anyway, correct? Well, yeah, I was just, I wasn't even going to talk about that, but now that you brought it up, <laughs> well, yes, I mean, it's I'm the just, wrong form. Well, I'm just thinking if it's the wrong form, then why? I mean, you know, I think that's the first step is make sure that you're taking um, a prenatal vitamin that has folate in it, or taking a separate folate supplement. Correct. 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 I mean, because a lot of these are going to be, you know, they're going to have folic acid, which you have said doesn't really help, and it can actually harm, right? Yeah. It can create problems, especially if you have, you know, some genetic snips. We've t I'm not going to get into those, but you can have problems where you can't actually process folate and you can't activate it in the body. Right. This so is the whole methylation thing. This is the whole methylation thing. And You're not even able to do anything with it. Right. Which is why it's frustrating to me because I actually, I know that I have these, you know, uh, you know, an MTHFR defect mm -hmm. and I am constantly asked, like, are you taking your prenatal vitamins? And I'm thinking, no. And I mean... The people I'm dealing with know that, okay, you know, TJ's handling things. But at the same time, I'm like, if I was, we would have major problems. Like, But right. they push it without anyone being tested for the genetic issues. Right. So it's just, again, that brings us back to testing. So Right. Just got, you've got to know. Yeah. Um, and so the, here's the thing with, with regard to things like supplements, medical 
recommendations, research, and just plain old physiologic or physiology common sense. These things are separated by years, decades even. I mean, it just takes forever before you you know what's going on in the human body and you implement something and figure out what's, you know, what's happening to where they finally research it, finally do something about it and then publish it in a textbook and then you finally find it on the bookshelf in, you know, the the that's going to be used in the classroom for the the medical students. I mean, it's just crazy what what's going on there i just i it just it baffles me that you know we're we're so far behind in things like that um you know and it may not happen in my lifetime but i hope that we get to the point where if someone's if a, if a woman's trying to get pregnant that she starts to get encouraged to be um to start working on this a, a year or better before she decides to become pregnant i just that's my hope right or we just you know women just start planning this at a certain age knowing that in the next, you know, five to 10 years, they're going to want to have children. So right. we just make that part of the, you know, our care when right. we hit like teenage age. Right. Exactly. All right. We've got to take another break. When we come back more on infertility and fertility, you're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back to the show. Um, if you're just tuning in, you, you missed um, you missed Aaron have a meltdown on grammar. That's what you picked up. That <laughs> yeah, was the most important the, thing on the last segment. That was, a, that was go back and listen for the meltdown on grammar. It was fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, we've been talking about uh, this is part five of what we hope to be our, our our last segment on fertility and infertility. And before the break, we were talking about you know how recommendations on nutrition and stuff like that are you know, are vastly different than what really needs to take place um, there was before I go too far there was a there's a nurse's health study out there they looked at 20,000 um, women and that they were trying that were trying to get pregnant and those women had no history of infertility and they collected all this data well the Harvard Harvard um, School of Public Health analyzed the data and one thing that they found was that women who were just taking a multivitamin were less likely to have infertility due to ovulation problems. And we talked about how ovulation problems is is something that is plaguing infertility, just an you know inability to ovulate. And I mean, who would have guessed it? Who would have guessed that nutrition matters? It does. It ma- makes a huge, huge difference. What we eat matters. The forms of the nutrients that we consume matters. The type of supplement we're taking, it all matters. And we also, Aaron also brought up the MTHFR, the, the part of the methylation process. There, if, if all you're looking at is MTHFR, you're missing the boat too because there are a lot of other genetic pieces of that puzzle that matter for methylation. Things like COMT and MTRR and CBS and GPX and GPC, all these different things. There's a, there's a whole host of things that really, truly matter. And it, it, you've got someone on your team has to have an understanding of how this interplay works and what's going on. Because if you have a break in any of those different things, it puts a roadblock up in your metabolism path and how you process things. And it it determines what type and how much and, you know, with of these different nutrients that you can that you can need or or take. Right. It and it really and, matters. And methylation is something that we get a ton of questions about because a lot of people become aware that most practitioners don't know 
don't fully understand the methylation process and don't understand how it can impact anything, you know, um, especially infertility. And so that it actually is what brings a lot of people into our clinic because they will email us. And that's something TJ actually lectures on is how the process works and, you know, what things we need to be concerned with. And that's huge for infertility. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's just, it's just a big piece of the puzzle. And I mean, the, some of the supplements that, that need to be, you know, investigated and potentially used, things like CoQ10, melatonin, vitamin E, vitamin C, alpha-lipoic acid, N-acetylcysteine, inositol, DHEA. DHEA is important, but you also have to be really careful with it if you have PCOS. All of these things matter. I mean, there are things that you have to avoid. You've got to avoid things like pycnogenol. You've got to avoid this stuff called royal jelly. I don't, I don't know too many people that use that anymore. Oh, it's all over fertility websites. Oh, seriously? Yeah, oh, they I talk see. about it really, a lot. Yeah, yeah, you need to stay. If somebody's talking about taking royal jelly, run. Um, another one is L-arginine. Don't be, don't be messing with that stuff. If you're going to take something, know why you're taking it and who is actually telling you to take it. It matters. If it's just some joker on the internet don't necessarily believe that that's just you can get yourself into some serious trouble and actually just make it more complicated and more difficult for yourself to become pregnant it just it matters um and so that leads us to diet a lot of doctors just want to throw out the advice of well just eat healthy well you know what telling someone to eat healthy is the exact same as telling them to go home and get taller it just doesn't work i mean what does that mean get eat healthy unless you're testing there's no possible way to know what's healthy for you. Right. And that's what's so frustrating is that people can go home and, you know, and eat what we believe to be, you know, healthy foods. But if you're sensitive to those, you're going to be hurting yourself, not helping. Right. I mean, if you watch if you watch television commercials or, or walk through the, the grocery aisles, I mean, everything on in there on TV and, and in the grocery aisles says healthy, all natural. They have using all these bud, buzzwords, you know, balanced diet. I mean, you know what? The commercials for Frosted Flakes say that Frosted Flakes is part of a, of a healthy, balanced diet. Nowhere in history is a sugar-filled cereal part of a healthy or balanced diet. Right. A sugar-filled cereal is and just no sugar. to Frosted Flakes. Right. Because <laughs> you are delicious. <laughs> they, you are delicious. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's, let's be honest. Let's, let's call a spade a spade here. Right. Cereal is sugar in the body. And you've got sugar covered in sugar. And right. so that, of course, is not healthy. That's all I was going to say on that. Oh, I thought, I thought she had more. <laughs> she moved away from the microphone. And, I'm and just, then you're just staring, I'm just staring at, at her. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just there are things that need to be done if, as far as diet goes. Things that easy things that can do. Well, I say easy. They're easy for me to say and they're very difficult. They're simple. They're not easy. Correct. You know, I that's mean. That's good. That's good. Simple, not easy. That's why you keep me around. That is. That's why we have her here, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, to fix grammar errors and say things like simple, not easy. One of the big ones is get rid of refined carbohydrates. Sugar is problematic. Blood sugar and insulin levels are extremely important for fertility. You... If your blood sugar and and, uh, and insulin levels are all over the place, you're going to have a hard time becoming pregnant. It's just right. the way it is. And the, and the issue with sugar is, and I know we've talked about this before, is when you're eating a lot of sugar, you crave more sugar. And it's this vicious cycle. And so a lot of you are going to hear this and be like, you know, okay, I've heard this a million times. I'm not cutting, you know, I've tried to cut out sugar and I can't. I get how difficult it is. 
there is a light at the end of the tunnel, though. I mean, because once right. you cut it out, you're not craving it like it you are when you're eating a lot of sugar. I mean, I had to cut out sugar for my diet for the most part. I mean, it's not like I don't have any sugar, but with the autoimmune conditions, that can really throw it off. And so I had to. And I just... It was amazing to me, like even, you know, over the holidays where there were all of these, you know, we had all of these gluten-free cookies and things out. And people are like, how are you not eating them? And I'm just, it's not an issue anymore. And I get how surprising that can be for people because, you know, not that many years ago, they would have all been gone. I mean, like, I understand what the difference is, but it really, your cravings really do go away. It's not like you're going to have to live with these cravings and just not eat it. If you start reducing it, it makes a huge difference. Right. So what happens is when we eat sugar, we make uh, more insulin, and then we create insulin resistance, which causes our body to make more insulin, which causes us to crave more sugar. This That's the vicious cycle, and that has to be broken. And the, the first step in breaking that cycle is cutting out the sugar. Um, and it is very, very clear in literature that high blood sugar and insulin levels, high insulin levels, decrease qualities, the quality of the egg, period. Cut and dried, that's what happens. Right. So you've got to start doing this before you are trying to get pregnant. Because I, I will say that I, you know, in general don't crave sugar, but that first, tri- first trimester was a little difficult. <laughs> it was so, a doozy. Yeah, it was. So, you know, you need to do it beforehand to get that out of your system. Um, so that, you know, your eggs will, you'll have higher quality eggs and a better chance of getting pregnant. Right. Cause I mean, if, if you're, if your blood sugar's high, your insulin's high, I mean, that, that decreases your, your risk or your, your, uh, effectiveness of even IVF. It's not as effective. Right. And you know, you, you increase the risk of early pregnancy loss, um, we also talked about mitochondria a couple of shows ago. I don't remember exactly how long ago because it's been it's been five weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but we talked about the high levels of blood sugar and insulin cause the mitochondria to decrease function. And mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. That's the energy um, portion of the cell. And that's extremely important. We have to have lots of mitochondria in that egg for energy production. It's just excruciatingly important. Um, then there's this stuff that we test that needs to be tested called hemoglobin A1C. And this is basically an average look of blood sugar over the last three months. And there's a Danish study that found that women who had hemoglobin A1C levels that were in the medical normal range, but were at the high end of the range, were half as likely to get pregnant over six months compared to the women who had lower levels. So even being medically normal, which we've talked about medical normal ranges on this show in previous shows before. It's way too broad of a range. Even if you're at the high end of medical normal range, it can still decrease your your likelihood of becoming pregnant and making it more difficult to become pregnant. And, I mean, we talk about this at the Institute about how there are healthy ranges and and medical ranges and the difference, and we talk about why we need to get within these healthy ranges of different labs as well. I mean – Common sense alone will tell you if you're at the ends of a medical reference range, you you are not healthy. I mean, if you're just you know if the range goes from four to eight and you're sitting at seven point nine five, well, we've got a problem, right? We got to pay attention to that. So there is really no um, gray area. I mean, there's no trending area. We we've that's what medicine is saying that well you're either healthy or you're not and that's not really true. We know that's not true. There is a gray area. There is a, an ability to trend. 
Um, all right, we've got to take another break. When we come back, we are going to finish up this entire fertility show. Yay, there's applause in the background. Um, You can imagine it anyway. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back. It's, you know, we're, we're rolling into the last segment here on today's show, and I, I almost have a little tear in my eye because we're going to finish up a five-part series. I mean, it's been, we've, we've, we've grown, grown so fond of this. Right. We're about ready to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, we're about ready to have a baby. Yeah, it's, it's so, so much fun, so exciting. Um, all right, so we've basically been talking about things that need to be done to make mama healthy today, as healthy as she possibly can be. Um, we talked about testing and figuring out what's going on. We talked about nutrition, uh, some supplements that, that can matter. Um, and then right before the break, I was talking about um, some studies that were done that showed, you know, even just taking a multivitamin, you know, in, improves outcomes for fertility. And we were talking about healthy ranges and and uh, of blood labs and and medical ranges. And you know, th- there has to be a gray area. And medicine seems to not really say that there's a gray area. You're either perfectly healthy or you're sick. But there, th- that's just not true. Um, we know that there's there's an in between um, area. So. Um, one last thing that I want to talk about, and like Aaron said before, we, we, and we talked about it earlier in today's show, is PCOS. It, if you have PCOS, and we're going to do an entire show or two on PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, if you have that or diabetes or metabolic syndrome or obesity, kind of pay attention. Now, metabolic syndrome, for those of you who may not be aware of what that is, that's defined as having any three of the following five criteria. And these five criteria are, are not long, drawn-out things. It's a waist circumference of greater than 35 inches for females. We're just talking about females for this one. Uh, fasting uh, blood sugar of greater than or equal to 100. A triglyceride level of over 150 a good cholesterol level less than 50 for females, and uh, blood pressure, hypertension, a blood pressure of, of greater than 130 uh, systolic, which is the top number, or greater than 85 diastolic, or the bottom number. If you have three of those five things going on, you have metabolic syndrome. And this, this stuff has to do with the consumption of fructose. And fructose gets a gets a uh, seems to get a pass in most medicine, and it really shouldn't. They say, well, fructose doesn't affect gl- your glucose levels, and you know what? They're, you're exactly right. I've had I've had patients tell me their doctors say fruit's okay. It has very little impact on blood sugar, and fructose doesn't need insulin to be used, so you can eat as much fruit as you want. And I've actually seen diabetics nutrition plans that show that all kinds of fruit to be part of their meal plans. This is frustrating and perplexing to me. Um, uh, Let's just say this. Okay, so here's here's the college course of this. Fructose doesn't stimulate beta cells of the pancreas to produce insulin. That's what glucose does. That's what blood sugar does, what causes our pancreas to make insulin. Fructose does not do that. And foods and beverages that have fructose do result in lower insulin levels after eating. But the problem that people have, where people get completely lost, is that insulin levels are tied intimately with leptin levels. L- insulin is a hormone that carries sugar into the, from the blood into the cells. 
leptin is a hormone that tells your body that you're full. So your insulin levels may be going down, but so too are those uh, those leptin levels. Those leptin levels create a problem. Fructose decreases circulating leptin levels as well as insulin. So your insulin may be down, but it's going. you're not going to know that your body is full. So you're going to eat more. And these people tend to overeat. And when we really dive into actually what our, our diabetic patients, I use diabetics as, a, as an example because they're the, they're the easiest ones here because most of their plans say, oh, no, you can have as much fruit as you want. It makes zero sense. And when we really dive into it, we figure out they're eating massive amounts of food and they didn't even realize that they were overeating so much and all of the other food was raising their blood sugar. It just they didn't get it. So, you know, when a person eats, they, they have less of this hormone in their body of this leptin to tell them that they're full. So we really have to pay attention to that. So, you know, this matters, especially for pregnant women, I mean, or women who are trying to become pregnant. So, you know, you these things, eating high amounts of fruit lead to insulin resistance. They in, they impair our glucose tolerance. It causes insulin levels to change, um, causes our triglyceride levels to go up, causes our, 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 uh, our blood pressure to go up. I mean, we've got to slow down on the fruit. I mean, I, I like fruit just like the, the most everyone else, but we can't say, oh, we can't have sugar, but I can have all the fruit that I want. It doesn't work that way. Um, and so a lot of times we get asked, well, what do I eat if I'm trying to get pregnant? And the, the most simple answer we can give to people is get your food sensitivities tested, know exactly what you should be, and then on those food sensitivities, stick to eating the meat, vegetables, and oils that you're not sensitive to. That's going to decrease any kind of inflammation. It's going to give you plenty of nutrients. It's going to give you plenty of food. It's going to stop the cravings. And it's going to increase your likelihood and chance of becoming pregnant just from food that you eat. Right. And I think the thing is, if you are focusing on, you know, trying to be trying to just eat the meat, vegetables and oils that you aren't sensitive to, most people are not going to be super strict, especially at the beginning. And so if you really are focusing on that being the main part of your meals, well, then if some of the carbohydrates and things sneak in, then that's fine. But most of the people that we see come into the clinic the carbohydrates and sugar are the main part of their diet. Yep. And that's what the problem they're, is. They're carboholics. Yeah. I mean, and that's why, and then they end up having all sorts of issues, including infertility. Yep. So Car- carb- carbitarian is not a type of diet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> carbitarian is not a type of diet. So in closing, um, we just got a minute or so left. Big action steps if you're if you're experiencing infertility. First, decrease your toxic load. You've got to get tested for toxins in your system. Figure out if you have phthalates, heavy metals, hidden viral infections. Start addressing that. You've got to get yourself tested. Figure out what's going on with the thyroid. Figure out what's going on with your blood sugar regulation. Find out about your cardiovascular wellness. Figure out about metabolic issues that you may have going on. Figure out vitamin and mineral levels. What's going on in your system? Figure out what foods you should be eating. What are your food sensitivities say that you should be eating? Right. And the testing is so important, especially, you know, I mean, or I guess really anywhere that you are on your fertility journey, even if you are just thinking, okay, well, at some point I'm going to want to have children. Because if you don't know where you are, how can you possibly have a plan to get where you want to be. Right. You have to know where your starting point is. And that's what's so crazy is that most people go into this having no idea where their actual health is. Right. 
So, and then lastly, the the things is just start eating what's right for you. Get nutrition right. Get the right nutrition. Get good nutrition into your system. This is this is just critical. Right. And one of the fastest ways to do that, you know, we talk a lot about IV nutrition and, you know, it's one of the quickest ways to do that. Right. It'll get those things, bypasses the gut. We don't have to rely on that. Well, we made it, Aaron. Yeah. With with um, barely a minute to spare. <laughs> all right. So I want to thank all of our listeners and again, thank everyone who has, has commented to us. Um, yeah. Keep them messages. coming. It means a ton. Yeah. Keep sending your questions too. I mean, yeah, we respond. Sure. So... Yeah, so if you want more information, visit our website, theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. Um, follow us on Facebook, um, Instagram. Give us a call, 314-293-8123. We're, we're there. We're ready. Um, we'll help you. We'll do whatever we can. All right? So for Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. Um, this has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening.